Hey there, Koejo here, and I understand that running your own Facebook ads can be quite complicated and intimidating, and yet, at this point, you're not ready to hire out Facebook ad management. So, if this is you, I can teach you how to run your own Facebook ads. One-on-one, -on -one, unlimited support over the next 28 days. We will have three Zoom calls, and in between those calls, you get all the support and all my strategies I will audit your graphics, your ad copy, make sure that you're set up the way that's working best for my clients. We'll take care of all the analytics. I will coach you step by step how to troubleshoot ads, how to know when to scale, and how to read all the signs so that you're equipped to run successful lead magnet campaigns and profitable sales campaigns and registration campaigns for your launch or what have you. If you need this kind of support from me right now, then click the link in the show notes below. It's the art of online business forward slash call. I've been doing this all along, but now the offer is just focused on helping you run your successful ad campaign within the next 28 days and the next five people get a pretty nice discount. All right, the link is in the show notes below. Back to the episode. I would much rather handpick the accounts that I know that I'm confident I can deliver the results they want at a high level and overperform their expectations so they become clients for years and, and never think twice about the investment they've made in me. So some of it is just like practical, like it doesn't make sense to sign on clients where it's not going to work out long term. And then some of it is just the good human thing to do. Like if you can help somebody guide their steps instead of uh, you know thinking about everything transactionally as how do I turn your money into my money, then, uh, then that, that's just kind of how I choose to operate. Hey again, I'm Quajo. I've been coaching with Rick inside his accelerator for about three years now, and he's given me the awesome opportunity to interview a previous accelerator. And this accelerator story is going to motivate you so much and you're going to leave with super good strategy for an online business owner or online course creator in this episode i interview travis alberton who has a background at buzzsprout and is a podcast production agency owner he started building and selling courses back in 2017 and he's a former accelerator so the reason this episode is so motivating for you is because we're going to explain how he went from making a $125,000 oopsie mistake to listening to Rick's free advice to having his first five-figure launch to joining Accelerator and then to pivoting into being a podcast production owner. And at the end of this video, stick around because he's going to share what the top 1% of podcasts are doing right right now and how you can implement that for your podcast and crush it. So listen up because he's dropping strategic online business nuggets of gold, especially for you if you have a podcast, you're an online course creator or an online coach. All right, Travis, I'm excited to have you on this podcast, mainly because you were an accelerator before and you have a good story that I feel like so many listeners, like you guys, if you're thinking about pivoting, listen to what Travis has to say. So like Travis, first, like, can you fill us in? How did you and I meet an accelerator and what was your business then? So my business at the time, I was selling courses and memberships 
to Christians and Christian leaders that wanted to start online ministries, social media ministries, that kind of thing. Uh, and we met an accelerator, I believe this was in 2020. So it was like right in back into 2020, beginning of 2021. So that's when everything online was kind of blowing up as people were just kind of hanging out with their stimulus checks at home, wanting to learn something. Uh, and so that was the context of how I met you and, and you were coaching in the accelerator and I was mm-hmm. very eager to learn and soak up as much as I could. So, so give me more context here because yeah, I was coaching an accelerator, met you then you had this business, you were super qualified for accelerator, enjoying life. And then, well, tell me about this pivot and, and what, what went into it? So to back up, so before I jumped into Accelerator, I had been selling courses online since 2017. So quite a while, right? I was relatively early. I mean, time scales on the internet are kind of weird, right? So it's like I've been podcasting for seven years. That feels like an eternity, but for anything else, it's like that's that's nothing, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so I started selling courses in 2017. And at the time, like Thinkific, wasn't a thing, um, you know, these fully integrated platforms like upload videos, collect payments, email management, like you had to stitch all that together manually, have build your own custom website, all that kind of stuff. And so, uh, you know, it was just like step by step while I'm working a full-time job, can I get this course business up and running to the place that it can replace my income and I can focus on that as my full-time gig. And and that I think that's really the the coolest part of courses, online courses specifically, is you capture the knowledge that you already have and you share it with people that want to learn from you and you cut out the middleman. And so you just have a direct connection, direct relationship, and you're able to build this really long-term impactful connection with the people that you serve. Uh And you can make a course about literally anything, Uh you know? Uh, So like an early mentor of mine, he shared a story about uh, somebody that he worked with that made six figures teaching people how to do handstands. Like that was his course was how to do handstands, like how to like stay in a handstand for longer than a couple of seconds. And he made six figures. I'm like, that's nuts. Right. And so there's always these like weird outlier stories. Um, and, and those are the ones that you hear about, or you hear about these like multiple seven figure launches and, you know, those are revenue numbers typically. Uh, and you think, man, well, I know a lot of stuff. People think of me as an expert. Maybe I can package my knowledge and sell it. And so I've been doing that for several years learning on my own, wearing every hat in the business because I would work for free and nobody else was willing to. Uh, and, you know, and I really enjoyed the process of building the business that I had. But then after about three or four years, I reached the point where I decided, you know, what, I really need to up level my capabilities as an executioner in this particular niche of a business online. Right. So it wasn't enough where I, I discovered it wasn't enough to just know what I'm talking about, be able to teach people really cool stuff. I needed to know how to execute marketing, sales, funnels, ads, the delivery of everything. It's like you realize there's so many moving pieces that are all happening at the same time. And, you know, I I fully believe that if I could find the right person to partner with that had that expertise to pair with mine, that, that that would help me accelerate. And so then it just comes down to, well, who is the right person to partner with, right? Uh And I found somebody who was working in a similar space, who had worked with 
course creators like me and had really great testimonials and was like a full service agency for people that wanted to launch their expertise online. And so, you know, but the price tag was substantial on the order. What are we of talking substantial? So I ended up spending between 125K and 140K oh. on this particular investment. That's, uh, I mean, so we, we're all like operating at this, you know, pretty established level online business. That, that is a significant investment. Yeah. So, so some of it was the track record that he could show, be like, these are other people that we've worked with. Here are the results we got them. Here's the process. Here's what we do. Here's what you do. And it really was like a full service. All you do is show up, you teach, and we do everything else. Um, and, and I connected with them on a personal level. So that always helps, right? The no like, and trust factor. And so, so what I was really looking for, though, was that kind of like silver bullet magic moment where everything just kind of turns a corner very quickly, where you go from grinding just consistently uh-huh. over time and seeing incremental gains or... You don't have a good month followed by three bad months. And you're like, okay, I was really optimistic because it was working and now it's not working so much. And, and just trying to have that persistence to stick with it because you believe in what you're doing. And so, you know, I was at a time where we were selling our house, about to move to another house. So I had some liquid assets there. And I was basically able to cobble together the money to make this investment. Because I'm thinking, I just, I'm at the point now where I want to see where this can go. And I'm willing to make this investment, even if it doesn't work, because at least I will know that I gave it everything that I had. Okay, hold on a second. Can you like dive into how you were feeling at that point? Um, because I think we can all relate to, you know, like it's maybe us doing the business and our spouse is supportive and wants to see us succeed, but we have that conversation. conversation. Oh, there's this course. There's this thing I know I need and the business needs it, honey. But it's it has this price tag. Like, can you tell us what that looked like for you? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So that was a very uh, interesting conversation to <laughs> say the least. <laughs> Be like, I want to take the equivalent of a small starter home and invest it in this marketing growth opportunity for my business. How do you feel about that? The whole and, home. The whole home. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Not anymore. I'm, I'm, Real estate's kind of nuts now, but back, you know, not not too long ago, 125k could buy you like a two bedroom house somewhere, um, or, a multi, or a multifamily. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of money. <laughs> There's a, it's a lot of money, right? A not insignificant amount of money. And so, you know, the calculation was, if it doesn't work, then we'll be able to claw our way out in between five and eight years, just on my salary. If Dang. it does work, the upside is seven figures annually. And so that was really the calculation of there's risk associated with anything. There's no such thing as a, you know, a guarantee. Um, and so you're, you're really just trying to figure out what's the upside, what's the downside, what's the likelihood of each, and then just betting on yourself, not knowing if it's going to work or not, but making sure that you're not selling the farm as you go into it. Mm. And so, so I made sure that making this investment, while it may have been borrowing from the future of just like our financial health, that it wasn't going to uh, get in the way of like, we have a place to stay, we have food on the table, we can put gas in the car, you know, and, and all the things that mattered to, to her and to the family. And so we kind of isolated, these are the things that no matter what, we're not touching these things. 
and then together having the conversation about investing in this thing. And there's actually a funny story because at this point, I uh, I had an old 401k from a previous employer uh-huh. that I basically pulled the cash out in order to make this investment. Okay. And uh, But Andrea, my wife, was listed on the policy. And so we had to go and get it notarized in order for them to, you know, pull the cash out. And so we go to the bank to get it notarized and she's and the banker's looking at me like, are you sure you want to do this? I'm like, oh, yeah, 100%. She's like, no, no, no. I'm not asking you. I'm asking her. I'm asking your wife do you want to do this? Because your name's on this too. You can say no. And she says, you know, I, I trust my husband. I, I trust if, if he thinks this is a good call, like this is what we want to do. And so, you know, that made my day. Uh, and then I was like, okay, I really want this to work. Fast forward, uh, it doesn't. So we get to the place where the funnel is built. We're doing a live webinar launches. Mm, okay. So an hour of training with an offer on the back end, uh, you know, three day open cart, and then Recycling. So every single week I'm doing these webinar launches and, you know, we're running ads to it. We're getting pretty good, you know, cost per lead. And then we get into the webinar and it's like, people aren't showing up. Uh, and hold so on, we, hold on. yeah, yeah. Hold on, hold on. For context, this is, this is when you were coaching with Rick inside of the accelerator and I was coaching with you too. Like that's this when we bef- met, right? This or is before, before that. This is still before accelerator. Still. Okay. Can you go with the story? Yeah. Yeah. This is still before accelerator. So, uh, so then we're doing these launches and people aren't showing up. And so even though I'll convert, you know, 20%, 25% of the attendees, I'm still spending $3 to make $1, right? So I've already invested the upfront investment to make, to build the funnel out. And now we have the ad spends and the maintenance on the ad spend. So I'm basically writing a check every single month for $10,000 and I'm earning like two. And so after two months of this, it was basically like, okay, I have literally nothing left to give into this. If I had an extra 100K, maybe we would have enough time to tweak it and figure it out and like make it profitable. Okay. Uh, But I basically just ran out of runway. I ran ran into my hard stop of this is the maximum I can put into it. And you're writing a check for 10K a month. Yeah. But bringing in two, you're like, that's it. My heart goes out to you. One, because that sounds a bit terrifying and had to take a lot of courage to continue. Two, because I'm a little scared because that reminds me of like eighth grade word problem math. And I can't <laughs> figure out how much that is after two months. Like so it's 20,000 and then you made 4,000 in two months, right? Yeah. Like, after oh after I spent, you know, 80 or 90K between travel um, cause I would go out, I'd fly out to him to do like these multi-day intensives. So travel, hotel, food, plane tickets, and then Did the capital 80, investment. 80 or 90 K. Yeah. On top of the 125 K. No, no, no. That was the initial investment okay. and then ad spend plus ongoing maintenance and management. Wow. So, so that's where what we get to the, like, so I basically say, yeah, I've run out of money. Like I can't, I can't keep doing this. We need to shut it down. Uh, you know, I had to stop the bleeding somehow, knowing that I still own everything. Like I own the funnel, everything's in place. I can try and run the ads myself. Um, but at that point, because I was trying to increase the value of the offer, on the back end, I had an upsell of a new membership program that I had not started yet. But it was like, if you pay, 
you'll get this entry-level deal. I think it was $10 a month or $15 a month. And I'm going to do this weekly training in this other avenue that's slightly related. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and that actually like went well. And I was like, oh, that's great. So, so the membership saved the course business uh, in the sense that I was able to get enough traction to make my minimum debt payments <laughs> on all of my loans and everything uh, to, to not be completely broke. So that is, and I was able to scale it to the place where I oh, then. Just, sorry, I have to stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't hear that often. The initial membership, yeah, saved everything. That, yeah, I yeah. Because again, so this is about that. this is COVID, you know, and so everyone's or the course business and the membership business is going really well, and and I had a very particular niche because I was again I was training. Christians basically how to like share their faith and minister to people on social media. They're all stuck at home. So if they're thinking in that way, they're like, that's kind of something that's really important to them. And this becomes a really easy vehicle to sell to them. It's like, listen, you're already on Facebook. Why don't you do this? I'm going to teach you how to do it. Oh, awesome. Sign me up. And so it was really good timing for the offer that I had and what people were looking for. Okay. And so I was able to scale the membership quickly to, you know, 5,000 a month which at the time was what you needed to qualify for Accelerator. And I had done some uh, ads training from Rick in the past, and so I was like, okay, maybe Rick is the guy that's going to help me scale this and get to the place where at least I can pay off all of the debt that I have accrued from sure. uh, this previous investment. So sure. that's where Quajo enters the picture. That's, that's where Accelerator comes in. I was on uh-huh. the back end of this big investment that didn't work out, and, but I still believed in what I was doing. And I still believe that in the long run, I was going to figure out something. Uh, and I learned a lot through that experience. So like looking back, even though it was more money that I should have spent at the time, I'm grateful I did it because I learned some really valuable lessons. Uh, but uh, but yeah, that's where, that's where Accelerator enters the picture. Wow. So when I met you in Accelerator, you were how far out of the 125K investment like how far out of that debt were you at that point uh i was basically still in it so i i ended my contract with him in october and that next february i joined accelerator wow okay all right that is and so the whole time your wife is just cool with this because accelerator i mean rick is a phenomenal coach and there's so many just case studies and testimonials you know like you can read it on the website but that's whole like it's completely different than experiencing it in person you know so we know on the other end that like joining accelerator kind of a no-brainer right but but what conversation did you have with your wife (laughs) after the 125k and then you're like i want to put down at the time how i think it was it was a little, it was a different price back then. Mm-hmm. Um, but what was that conversation like for the second big investment? <laughs> yeah, so that that was again more along the lines of well, this time she was more skeptical, okay. which you would assume so, right? It's right. like we just we just went through this whole mess, yeah. you know. Didn't even share the story about like uh, you know uh, throwing up consistently and I couldn't eat and just like the stress and the anxiety of everything oh, happening all at once. Oh. Um, I, I was convinced I had a stomach ulcer and I went to the doctor and he's like, are you experiencing any stress in your life right now? So, oh yeah, a lot. He's like, well, that's what it is. That's all that it is. 
your brain is rejecting your your body is rejecting your brain and saying you are an idiot stop doing what you're doing well, said as soon as you can remove yourself from that stressful situation all the stomach issues will go away uh and they did but um so the conversation was a little bit different because i had basically experienced rick through training before so okay. i had more i was more eyes wide open to the upside and downside possibilities um because this other opportunity it was like we're going to do everything for you we're going to build this business from the ground up all you have to do is show up with rick it's different it's you've already established something that's working and you want to accelerate it or become more well-rounded or you want to you know implement best practices so you're not a slave to your business you can actually have it work for you like and so what appealed to me about accelerator is it felt more grounded in reality and less about like the sensational like over promise based on a few handpicked case studies um which what? is still very pervasive in marketing now it's like these five people had great results it's like well what about the 900 that didn't make it you know no uh, no and and an accelerator was was a different kind of offer and so because i had already Here's what did it. I'm, I'm remembering all these things now because this is a couple of years ago. Uh, I took his free training on how he was doing his launches. So he's doing these Facebook groups and doing like multi-day trainings. And it was like a two-week launch lead up and sale. And and it was a really unique way of doing it that I hadn't uh -huh. seen before. Uh -huh. So I was kind of burned out on webinars after <laughs> after my last experience. <laughs> And so I was like, oh, I can show up on Facebook Live and, and teach. Like, I can do that and engage with people and answer questions. And, and so I basically took that script. And from that script, I had, you know, my first five-figure launch in oh January. Like, this is right on the tail end of that previous uh, debacle. And so I did a launch beginning of the year in January and had my first five-figure launch. And it was because I implemented that strategy and it also implemented some of his ads training that he had done before so the conversation was i've already implemented a small piece of what he teaches and these are the results i've gotten so far so i want to make this investment in getting more direct connection with him being able to interact with him and ask specific questions uh, and also get in the room with other course creators that were operating at a high level to learn from them what they're doing that's working because that's that's like 80 percent of accelerator is the connections and the networking that you make with other people that are both a step ahead of you and then also a step behind you. So you can kind of be in that middle ground of both serving as a mentor. Cause when you teach something, you really start to solidify in your own mind, like the things that work and the things that you know, but then you're also able to tap into the knowledge and the expertise of people that are where you work are right now, but that it was just like three or four years ago. And so, so that was the conversation was if you think this is going to work and it's paid dividends so far with this free training he's done, then the paid training. Okay. We can do it again. Just make sure we're not going to lose the house. We'll have food to eat, and uh, and those kind of things. So that was that was the the conversation for Accelerator, uh, and it also helps that you know there's a payment plan, so I could stretch it out. It wasn't all one big chunk. So yeah, yeah. And I I do I do need to add as a coach in Accelerator, but then also as just a human being in Accelerator. And I should remind you too, I did participate like as a paid member. An accelerator way back in 2019 when I was living in China and had that online Chinese business that the you know what virus killed. Um, but that is one of the best things is 
every time people come into the accelerator, I'm just like, these are quality people. And I'm like, Rick, how do you do it? And he's like, that's intentional, Quajo. <laughs> In his interview process, like so many online marketers are like, apply to my program. And you know, it's just a marketing tactic to create, create false scarcity. But having worked on the inside of the business as a coach with Rick, now like going on several years, it's true. Like he turns away people that revenue wise are more than qualified for accelerator because he really does pick like an ideal balance and it's a special, it's a special environment. And so, um, I just had to add that. I just had to add that for the podcast. So you're listening right now and you're like, can I trust this Rick guy? Of course, you know, you can, if you've been listening to him him for a while, (laughs) but at the same time, yeah, yeah, you can. So accelerator. You have pivoted past this 125K mistake, you know, for the people that kind of scrubbed to the middle of the podcast for the good part. Accelerator wasn't the 125K mistake. That <laughs> that program, that person will go unnamed, yeah. but you invested 125K. Then you had your first five-figure launch. After that other thing didn't work, you had your first five-figure launch because of a free launch training from Rick and his Facebook ads training. Now, was that just Facebook ads program or a lesson? It was, he no, it was just a, I got on his email list somehow and it was like a I think It was less than 200 bucks. Mm-hmm. It was just like an hour and a half deep dive on setting up ads campaigns and the targeting strategies that he was using that were working at the time. And so it was not like a full course. It was just, it was literally just like a paid training. And he even said at the beginning, this is not a webinar. I'm not upselling you at the end. This is valuable just in and of itself. Wow. Use these strategies and, you know, go forth and conquer. So. Okay. So your first five-figure launch, congrats. And then you tell your wife it's time to join Accelerator. Yep. Because you've already learned so much from Rick. So you're in Accelerator now. Your business is going strong. You're paying off the 125K debt from the previous let's call it the whoopsie um <laughs> with that whole done for you program thing um your wife is happier with you now yeah so so things kept going um doubled down on the membership uh gradually increased the price point was doing launches to the membership and then was able to take feedback from people in the membership that wanted more or you start to, when you start interacting with students and your clients, you'll hear recurring trends of things they're looking for. And the recurring theme was, man, I would love to do a version of what you're doing. Like I would love to build some kind of online thing that's ministry oriented because I was serving a Christian audience. Do you have training like that? Because I wasn't training the how behind what I was doing. And so I said, well, let me try and beta launch this. So just in the Facebook group of the membership, I said, here's the offer. Here's what I'm putting together. It's eight live training sessions. You're going to learn these things. Okay. And here's the guarantee that I'll okay. make at the end. And the guarantee, because it was a you know business opportunity, like I'm teaching you how to make money selling this particular kind of knowledge in this particular kind of way, the guarantee was if you implement everything that you learn and at the end of 12 months, you haven't made back your investment, I'll give you a refund. Good guarantee. Because I didn't want them to feel like, you know, I'm just promising, again, this is like some a lot of 
what you put in your marketing copy comes from your own personal experience. And for me, is like, I don't want anyone to have to experience what I experienced. So I'm not going to make any qualms about, you know, you'll become a multimillionaire if you just implement this five-step program. Uh, and so the guarantee was, because I'm going to teach you how to make money, if you don't make back your investment after 12 months and you've implemented everything, you've done the work, then I'll, I'll give you a refund. Because I don't want you to feel like I'm, I'm just setting you up with false promises. And, and I just pre-sold it. I just drove it to a Stripe checkout page. And, and that was it. And I was able to sell 10 seats at $500 a pop in 48 hours. Whoa, hold on. Okay, okay. Let's pause. There, there has to be a couple of online business strategic nuggets there. Because you and I both know, you having been an accelerator, me having coached a lot of people with Rick, inside of accelerator the first time somebody hears about selling a course a pre-sale that they haven't made yet they're like what no that doesn't make sense so can you can you break that down like how did you do that so i knew i was 80 percent sure that what i was, wanted to teach was like solid but i wasn't 100 percent. and so in the past i had made the mistake of building the course first then selling it and getting feedback and realizing it's like the 80% solution. It wasn't actually everything that somebody else needed to replicate the results that I had gotten. It was my own process, but it didn't take into account all the variables of the students that are coming in. Please. That's so, so important. Yeah, yeah. And so, so by doing it by doing it live, yeah. I was able to tr do the teaching the way that I thought that I needed to. And then the last half of it was just Q&A because it's live interaction we were doing it on Zoom. And so oh. everyone's in their own little box. Everyone can raise their hand. And I was basically able to gather the questions for things that I thought were super clear when I was teaching it that weren't clear or things that I hadn't considered before yes. because I just took it for granted that I knew it, but not, maybe somebody else wouldn't know it. Yes. And so by having it be live, I was able to adapt and pivot. I think the last three lessons were different than I had originally planned based on the feedback that I had gotten through the process. And it's also has a higher perceived value from your students because, you know, what would you pay more for a pre-recorded video or a live interaction with the person you're learning from? And so, so oh, then I, I was, know. so yeah. I was able, I was able to basically justify the, the cost of $500 because I was basically selling eight live trainings with me. And this, these were the things we were going to learn together as a cohort. And so that's a different value proposition, then here's a pre-recorded course that I promise will likely work for you if you go mm -hmm. through it and here are the case studies and testimonials. So it's just a different way of thinking about selling information, right? And, and putting a premium on access to you and live interactions with you with all the other stuff, like you can get the recordings, we'll do handouts and worksheets and continue to support and all the things you would normally do. But you're basically able to live in a room, work through the material with students and get real-time feedback on what's working, what's not, what's clear, what isn't. And and you're able to pre-sell it at a price point that's higher than you think you probably should because you're essentially selling access to you, yep. not necessarily yep. the information. And the direction of the course, the direction of the program always changes. It never goes exactly how you planned with your outline. And the quickest way to figure that out is with real people right there giving you live feedback in the Q&A after 
the, the unit or the lesson that you're delivering, right? Yeah, and I loved doing it on Zoom because uh -huh. then it felt more like we're going through it together. It felt less presenty, right? So if you're like live streaming into a Facebook group and people are typing comments, like that's better than nothing. But if you can have somebody in their own words talk through their questions, then you're actually going to capture better what they're thinking. Right. Because there's always like a translation process of this is my thoughts. Now let me type something to get a question. It's much easier and there's less friction in kind of pulling out the real question if you're able to follow up, go back and forth. And then for them, they're like, wow, I'm actually having a conversation with this person I see as an expert. And they're actually giving me real-time feedback. Like, this is super valuable. Um, and even though, you know, fast forwarding, uh, some of the students ended up not going forward with the business plan, none of them asked for a refund because the value of the live training was so great. They were like, uh -huh. like I, I'm, I would never even consider asking for a refund because of how much you've already invested in me to this point. So for some, it was helpful to get over the hump to get into the program that I was that confident that it would work. And if it didn't, I'd give them their money back. And then after the fact, they were like, this was great. Like I had one guy who was a seasoned sales guy say that like the way you describe sales and marketing is better than I've ever heard it described in 30 years in the industry. But that itself was worth the price of admission. Uh, so, so that was really validating, right? Like, okay, cool. Like I, I actually know what I'm talking about. People will benefit from this. This is great. Um, you know, and that also gave me the confidence to increase the price point every time I launched it after that. Okay. All right. So <laughs> like you're listening to this podcast right now, scrub back or take a screenshot because like these last seven ish minutes, super valuable. And you may not know it until you listen to that section a couple more times, but you're just gonna have to take my word and go back and listen. Like coached <laughs> so many people through that step. Validate your idea first pre-launch that don't spend the whole summer when your kids are out of school you know trying to put this course together you know and then launch it and expect like everybody to come like pre-sell that see if there's interest first um but don't take my word for it like i have set you up that's why i asked travis to share about this because it works and it works time and time and time and again all right so um we're gonna take a quick break for a message from our sponsor. And this episode is sponsored by me, my Facebook ads management boutique studio. So if you need help with your Facebook ads, what does that mean? Maybe you want to do ads yourself, but you would like me to look at your Facebook ads. I've been managing Facebook ads for clients for two years now and tell you the right way to set up your campaign so that you can get the highest quality of client at the lowest cost per lead. Maybe you would like to consider having me manage Facebook ads for you. Maybe you want me to look behind the scenes at your funnel and step-by-step step help you maximize the conversions at each piece of your funnel so that the leads that are coming into your funnel are worth more at the end of your funnel. All that, you can go ahead to my website, quajo.com. That's Q-U-A-Y-J-O.com. There's a link in the show notes below and fill out a simple application and we'll be in touch to see how I can best serve you and your business, either in the area of Facebook ads consulting or Facebook ads management or fixing your funnel. Thanks. Now back to the show. Okay, cool. We're back. Travis, 
everyone has been patiently waiting to hear the rest of your story, like how you went from that initial 125K investment. Okay, a little bit of a mistake. Um, didn't quite work out to listening to Rick's advice and having your first five figure launch to coming into Accelerator to growing your membership, which remind me the name of that membership again. So that one was Digital Missionary Academy. Okay. That was the name of the membership. Yep. And then you had the successful course too, which was called Online Ministry Launch. That you pre-validated and then helped people with, right? Mm -hmm. um, because selling is serving. Like if you're not here to serve people, then what, what are you doing? Like you, you've been, and I believe like not just you, Travis, but like everyone, you who's listening, like you've been blessed with the ability to help people with your passion online. And so like go out and serve more people. But Travis, how did you then go from having a quite successful online course to what you do now, which is own a podcast production agency? Yeah, it seems like a little bit of left field, right? So yeah. So a couple of additional background context things. So while I'm an accelerator and I'm doing these course launches, I was also working at Buzzsprout, which is a podcast company, doing running all of their content. So YouTube podcast content, did blogs for a hot second, and was basically working with podcasters on how to make and grow and launch successful shows. And a couple of things happened on the back end of several success, successful launches and then one that wasn't so successful. Uh, one, you've learned to never take anything for granted, right? So just because you have one successful launch doesn't mean if you just repeat the recipe exactly the same way six months from now, you get the same mm. results. Because uh, I kind of forecasted, oh, well, if I get these results and then just double my ad spend, I'll get double, <laughs> double the sales. Totally. And, and it didn't work. It didn't work like that, uh, oh. you know, and so there are all kinds of mitigating factors like launching in June versus launching in J January are totally different animals. Um, and but but essentially, I had been doing the courses long enough and the memberships long enough that I knew what it would take to reach the level of success that I wanted and or needed in order to make it my full time focus. And. You know, I was all, I was also just at a point of like, you know, looking to see, is this really what I want to do for 10, 15 years? Because in the beginning, it's very exciting. Like the possibilities oh. are endless. Like you can go any direction you want. Uh, and then as you learn more and more about it and you, you discover the reality of, well, there's a lot of hard work involved in this passive income thing, you know? Uh, and, and I was just at a point where I was open to, do I keep launching this? Do I keep tweaking it? Um, cause I had hit a ceiling, like a profit ceiling that wasn't quite enough to shift from my full-time job. And I was like, okay, well, if it takes three, four five years to do that, mm -hmm. I'm willing to have the patience to let it happen naturally instead of trying to force things through like I did before. And in that time frame, while I was considering what my next steps were, what I wanted to do in the business, I had an old friend reach out to me and say, Hey, uh, how would you feel about uh, changing to another company and, and doing podcast production over here? Hey. And at the time I was like super not interested. I'm like, I'm not interested in going from one job to a different job. Like I'm very happy with the job that I have oh. and having my side hustle on the side. Uh, and so I'm not looking to like jump companies. He didn't tell you this was for Buzzsprout. 
Well, well, no. So like, so he worked somewhere else. So that oh. I was working at Buzzsprout, and he wanted to basically uh, gotcha, gotcha. You know, bring me over to the company he was working at. Okay, all right. And I, but I had a thought, and the thought was, well, I could totally do this as like a consult on the side. Cool. Why not? Right. I know mm-hmm. how to run podcasts. I know how to make this thing happen. I don't know. I know how to do a much better job than the agency they're currently paying six figures. So yeah, here's here's how much it would take for me to to do this, and here's what I'd do for you. And I basically like pre-sold a business, hmm. and you know, having no idea what would, what would happen. <laughs> but uh, you know, one of the other things I had learned in Accelerator was, you know, the the great financial opportunity of hiring overseas, which is yeah. something I'd always been skeptical of. Yeah. But then learning from you and your trainings on VAs. <laughs> I, I do like to hire VAs from the Philippines. Yeah. Uh, I was like, let me try this. Let me try and hire a Filipino VA and a buddy of mine that can do some editing. And let me actually try and manage it as an agency model where I'm not actually doing the work. I have a team that's doing it and I'm just kind of responsible for the deliverables. And I made sure that there was enough profit in there to make it worth it. And after about two, three months of that, you know, and this this company is writing me like a $4,000 a month check. Okay. Like, it took me like six years to get to $4,000 a month in my last business. Oh. It took me 14 days to do it in this one. This is not a plug for service-based businesses, but... No. Oh, aren't they beautiful? <laughs> yeah. It's just a totally different beast. Yeah. Um. And, and it wasn't something that I had considered before. And so then I started poking around and I was like, maybe this is something that I could do. Maybe this is something that I could build to see if I can gain enough traction quickly enough that maybe I can do both hmm. the education business, the courses and the, the service business. And it's its whole other animal. Like being a service business is a whole different beast. Uh, some things you're really grateful for, you have more control over a lot of things you have less control over, you know? So like for me, since I do podcast production as an agency, that means that I'm relying on my clients to send me recorded content so I can edit it for them and publish it on time. That doesn't always happen. So it's hmm. like, oh. then how do I pull out of you work that I need in order to continue to, for you to be able to justify this retainer that you have me on? Oh. Uh, if you're just doing courses, it's like, listen, I made the course. If you watch the videos, that's on you, man. Like you got to decide to put in the work. Um, so if Agency model is a little bit more like babysitting, I yeah. feel like, than uh, than a education model. But, you know, for me, I was I was just open to possibilities, and and sometimes you don't even realize the expertise that you have until somebody offers to pay you for it. And so I had never really considered selling my expertise in podcasting huh. because that's what I did for my job, and I felt like that was different somehow. Like there was a disconnect internally it's like no i'm the online ministry guy i'm not the podcast guy but then i started asking around and i was like no you're the podcast guy like that's every time somebody asks you for advice outside of your business it's about podcasting and so i said okay well let me let me see if i can get some more clients and i was able to so i said okay well then let's try this for a season okay and so i basically decided at that point it didn't make sense to keep both the course business and pursue the agency business at the same time. And so I knew because I was on a launch cycle and I had recurring revenue from the membership that was still coming in, I put a pause on my launches and I devoted that energy to building an agency. 
and I committed to it for six months. So I'm going to try this for six months. If it works, great. If it doesn't, I'll just launch another course. Like I already know how to do that. And so for me, it was just like the timing and how people perceived me and my expertise and my reputation from my work at Buzzsprout. Uh, yeah. I was able to scale really quickly and just over a period of a week decided I, I really want to give this a shot for six months to see what happens to the Can point where, quick? yeah. So I want to know, um, especially for people that are listening that are considering starting a podcast or considering switching, you know, to work with a podcast agency rather than self produce and go through all of that. Like what was it, you know, humbly so, but what was it that you did differently that really helped you to scale your podcast production agency in those first six months? So I looked for holes in the market and asked, what can I do that nobody else can replicate? Because also when you're first starting, uh-huh. And, you know, a lot of agencies, they scale to the place where you don't actually talk to the founder. You don't talk to the person running the company. You talk to account managers and strategists and that kind of stuff. Okay. And so I was basically like, we're going to, I'm going to create a white label concierge level service for businesses. Ooh. Right, right. Because I can do that and I can offer a level of strategy and knowledge and expertise that others can't match or it doesn't make financial sense for them to do so. And so not only was I doing the actual nuts and bolts of editing, but I was also editing it better, meaning like there was more soul in the edits. Yeah. So one of the things that you have to, that you have to watch out for with agencies of any, of any type, whether it's social media marketing or podcasting or anything, is that they have templates and those templates allow them to work efficiently. But then it kind of uh-huh. just becomes like a boilerplate. Everything's the same. Okay. And so if you look through their their you know portfolio it's like oh well this show is exactly the same as that show except they use blue instead of red and that's mm. like the difference and so for me i approached each project as its own living creative entity okay. and had enough background teaching all these different ways that you could do it that i would know okay for you this is the best approach for your podcast and your business and marketing goals and how we're going to tie those two things together and then here's how we're going to really make it stand out and make it the best in your niche. So you become the go-to business and company because people perceive you as being the best. And then in addition to that, I'm going to help you grow it. We're going to work through monetization and tie it into your offers. And, you know, I I had did a consult recently about like, here's how you pitch sponsors for a small podcast in a niche that's valuable, you know, and here's how you can sell $10,000 a month, getting a thousand downloads per episode. Like, here's how you do that. And and so, but those are the things that agencies, yeah, those are the things that agencies typically don't do. They say, here are our standard packages. If you want us to churn out content, record the stuff, give it to us, but there's very little wiggle room on on what they'll do for you and, and how they'll partner with you to make sure that the podcast really is a win for you. And it's not just, you pay us money, we make things. You know, I liked that when I had reached out to you because you're, you're 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 literally producing this episode um and the other interview ones i'm doing right like so i thought that was really cool when before i decided to start doing in this mini four-part interview series that you offered to kind of coach me along so that my individual solo episode podcast game could be better you're like 
we can do that for you. And I was like, what? How? Seriously? That would help so much. Like, So I, I just like that level of service that I've already personally experienced from you. But then now hearing you say that you you do that for other people. Um, give us the tip, please. Like inquiring minds, my mind, selfishly, <laughs> want to know, like, what are like the top, let's call it like the top five, not even top 5%, top 1% of podcasts like doing right now that's just like working for them that like us us little guys and maybe the not so little fish in the sea can imitate you know the ones that are listening right now can imitate and um implement to just start crushing it yeah so a couple of things have shifted in the podcasting landscape in the last year or two that's uh you know and the internet moves very fast ai is teaching us that right now podcasting is no different it used to be that, you know, if you wanted to get as much distribution and exposure as possible, all you needed was a microphone. Says, but now YouTube is the number one podcast consumption platform in the world. It used to be Apple Podcasts. Spotify gave it a run for its money. Now it's YouTube. Man. And so it's like, okay, well, if you're going to record the content, turn on a webcam, like go ahead and record the video. So you can put it on YouTube because people are searching for things there. And if your podcast meets a need and an episode that you do is related to a topic that people are looking for help with, that gives you one more place for people to find you and reach you. Um, and then if you're creating short form videos that can be used as shorts or reels or TikToks or Facebook has reels now, then once you have the video, you can repurpose that in so many different ways that now like you're seeing podcasts go from just an audio experience like radio on demand uh -huh. to we've now added video and become a media company with the same content. Cause you can take that long form video content. You can turn it into ads. You can turn it into shorts and reels. You can repurpose it for blog posts. Like there's so many different things that you can do with video content that podcasting it as, as an audio first platform really limits you. So, so that's one thing that you'll notice is the top 1% shows, they're all adding video. Do you God. have to? No, there's no, there's no rules, but it's just like, if you want to be in the top 1%, this is what the top 1% are doing. They're adding video. There you go. So there that's, go. That, that's one thing. I think the other thing that uh, is becoming more and more clear is the power of guest podcasting. And so I, one mistake I see a lot with podcasters is they spend all their time and energy on producing their own show and then hope that people just discover it. But half the battle is marketing, right? It's just like making a course, like you can build it. Doesn't mean they're going to come. It's the same with podcasting. And so, so I encourage my clients if they want to pursue free growth strategies, so yeah. not paid marketing is to divide their time equally between producing the podcast and being a guest on other podcasts where there's an audience overlap. And the reason that that's really powerful is because you're reaching podcast listeners that have already decided this is a topic I'm not only interested in, but I'm interested enough to invest 45 minutes a week into learning about it. Right. And so they're, they're pre-qualifying themselves, not just for your business, but for the content you're making. Right. And the reason they listen to a particular podcast typically is they, they come for the content at first. Like, I want to learn how to start a business or I want to learn how to run Facebook ads or I will learn how to be a better course creator. So that's how you stumble on Art of Online Business. And then you stay because you connect with Rick. Like there's a reason you love hearing Rick's perspective 
versus one of the other 4 million business podcasts that are talking about similar things. I know that many now. <laughs> no, Keep going. no, not quite 4 million, but right. uh, it seems that way, right? And so then you now have people tuning in to learn something very specific and from someone they trust. And now this person that they trust has brought you into that space and said, here is another person who knows what they're talking about and can offer something valuable to you. And we now have a long form conversation. It's not three seconds of video view on Facebook. It's 45 minutes, an hour of us sitting down and talking about something that you want to learn about. And now I, as a person you've trusted as a podcast host, have positioned this other person as being trustworthy. And you can hear them talk for 45 minutes, an hour, however long the interview is. So then at the end, when they say, where can people find you and say, here's my podcast, Uh guess what they're going to do? They're going to follow you back to your podcast. Because they want to hear more. If they liked what you had to say and they feel like there's a compelling reason to add your podcast to their library, they're going to go do that. And so the more that you can spend time not just creating your podcast, but really getting in front of those pre-qualified listeners that know how to subscribe to a podcast in a podcast app, right? Uh, Right. You know, five years ago, it was like, what's a podcast? What's a podcast app? I'm pretty sure I don't have that. No, it's, it's defaults installed on your phone. Just type podcast. It'll show up. Uh, You know, so it used to be you had to train people like, here's how you find a podcast. Here's how you listen to it. That's not so so much the case anymore. But even so, by guest podcasting on other shows, you're reaching an audience that knows how to do all those things. Right. And so, so that's, that's the most powerful free thing that you can do that just takes your time to grow your show. Uh, Cause that's, you know, the, the, the main thing, the main uh, pain point that I see with podcasters is. I'm making great content. No one's listening to it. And there that's the go. best thing you can do is just spend at least half your time being a guest on other shows, building your network of connections, learning how to pitch yourself as a guest and and using that as leverage to bring people back to your content where they can develop a longer term connection with you. And then when you have a launch and you tell people about it, they're like, I'm ready to go. Travis established course creators just learned how to launch their next offer pre-sale, just learn how to take their podcast to the next level. Like if they want more of this, this advice fire, where are they going to find you in the interwebs? And uh, if they want to have you or your business produce their podcast for them with the white glove service that might I add is quite affordable. How do, where do they go to do all that? So it's funny you ask at the end of a podcast interview where people should go because then I'm going to tell them about my podcast that you were a guest on recently where we talked for an hour about funnels. (laughs) And so I know that'll be really relatable for a lot of people here. Uh, So my podcast is called Honest Marketing, Proven Strategies to Grow Your Business Without Selling Your Soul. And so some of the topics we talk about are very specific to online business. Some of them are more uh, philosophical in nature. So you know, the, the pros and cons or the strengths and weaknesses of using AI in your business, how to leverage it, things to be aware of, you know, warning danger signs and all that in between to how do you set revenue targets as a business owner? What makes mm. sense? What's healthy? And and really doing it from an integrity driven perspective. So if that sounds interesting to you, you can find Honest Marketing on YouTube or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. And then my agency is called Honest Podcasts. So you just go to honestpodcast.com. I've got a free PDF you can download that I'm sure we'll, I'll link in the show notes when I'm putting this episode together for Quajo. 
that you can download and it goes through all the steps of how to make one, make a podcast if you haven't made one yet. And then uh, yeah. on the website, you can schedule a strategy call. We'll sit down and talk through your business, what you're looking to do. And even if outsourcing to a podcast agency makes sense for you. So, you know, like Rick, something I picked up from Rick is if you're going to have an application process, actually make it an application process. Uh, and so I, I turn applicants away consistently if I feel like as a fiduciary in their shoes, it's not the right time. So some, I'll have business owners approach me and say, hey, I think I want to make a podcast. And I ask them some questions and I'm like, this isn't the right investment for you right now. Like you should spend that money over here because you'll get a better ROI. Mm. And so, so that's what, it's not a sales call. We actually sit down and work through your business and figure out, does it make sense for you to outsource a podcast right now? And if it does, then what does that look like for you? How do we integrate it in with everything else that you're doing and really make it a win-win? Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And I like how you use the word fiduciary. Can you break that down for the um, less advanced people, including me, including me? <laughs> what does fiduciary mean? I hear that in real estate or no, in investment, in, yeah, in like investment. Uh, finance, personal finance all the time. But before we say goodbye, what does fiduciary mean? So, uh, yeah, sorry about that. So uh, in it used to be in the financial yeah. investment space yeah. that you would look to a money manager, someone who's going to manage your retirement accounts, your investment accounts, your stock accounts. Right. And they would say, here's what I recommend. I recommend these packages and I recommend uh, them for these reasons. But they didn't have to disclose how they chose what they recommended or what options they presented to you. Uh. So they would self-select down the options that either had the best payouts for them, like the best commissions for them, or the ones that they were incentivized to sell. So like if you have a company that creates a mutual fund and they say, hey, if you sell our mutual fund, we'll give you $10,000, $20,000 for every new account. So these money managers were not selling investment opportunities for your retirement accounts based on what was best for you. It was about what was best for them. So it's kind of like when you, you type in like, what's the best mattress? And you go to the website and it's ranked one through 10. Number one is the highest affiliate commission payout. And number 10 is the lowest. Mm. And that's how they rank them based on which links they want you to click. Not because the mattress is actually the best, but because it's the one that pays them the most to recommend. So, and so that's kind of how... It's like somebody you can trust. Right. So a fiduciary is, in the stock market sense, is legally required to sell you the best options for you. And there's Ooh. actually restrictions on how they themselves trade that if they are going to buy or sell stocks that they're in their own account, that they're actually managing for you as well, they have to make those moves first in your account before they can do that themselves. So wow. they're not able to use their knowledge to their own benefit without it actually benefiting you as well. So it's like a legal separation between a money manager and a fiduciary. But the way I internalize it just in business is I have knowledge you don't have, right? That's why you're approaching me. That's why you're asking me questions about a podcast. 100%. And, and so I can look forward in the future and say, this is the likely outcome of this particular investment or this particular vehicle or opportunity for you. And so rather than keeping that knowledge a secret and be like, oh yeah, this is totally gonna be great. Like this is gonna be well worth it. Knowing six months from now, you're likely gonna realize I should have spent that money elsewhere. I'm just gonna tell you on the front end, like knowing what I know, this is not the greatest thing for you to do right now. This is what you should do instead. This would be my recommendation. You can ignore it, but this is my recommendation. And this is why I wouldn't feel comfortable taking you on as a client because in the, like for me, the agency world is all about churn. Yeah. And so it, it's not even just like, I'm trying to be a good person, which I am. 
but it's not in my best interest to be signing up four or five new accounts every month and having four leave. I would much rather handpick the accounts that I know that I'm confident I can deliver the results they want at a high level and overperform their expectations so they become clients for years and, and never think twice about the investment they've made in me. So some of it is just like practical, like it doesn't make sense to sign on clients where it's not going to work out long term. And then some of it is just a good human thing to do. Like if you can help somebody guide their steps yeah. instead of uh, you know thinking about everything transactionally as how do I turn your money into my money, then right. uh, then that that's just kind of how I choose to operate. Spoken like a true guy who likes to help people. And thank you for being here on this podcast. Um, I can't wait to talk to you again. And yeah, you shared so much. Like you shared so much. Thank you for being here, Travis. Thanks for having me. All right. Bye. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Travis. And if you want to connect with him or see how you could have his podcast production agency produce your podcast, I linked everything up in the show note descriptions. If you haven't yet left a rating over on Apple Podcasts, please take like 10 seconds to go and do so now. That would super help the podcast. And if you're not a subscriber, please go and subscribe. And if you're on Spotify, you can go ahead and hit that follow button. Finally, if you need Facebook ads help, whether that's to have me troubleshoot your ad campaigns, optimize them, make sure they're working the best way they can for your business, or you need my eyes on your funnel to help it convert better, or maybe you're just considering having ads management, head over to quajo.com. That's Q-U-A-Y-J-O.com so we can see how I can best help you out. The link to that is also in the show notes. Until next time, thank you for listening and be blessed. Do you want to avoid the seven biggest mistakes that burn through course creators ad money? I see these over and over and over again, and I put them together in a mini email series. This is not fluff. Each of the seven mistakes, I also have a recorded video tutorial showing you inside of Facebook ad manager how to fix those mistakes. This is good, solid, and it will save you money or help you make more money with your Facebook ads. Click down in the show notes below. You'll see the link and you can go download it right now for free.